1: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Get in zone, Autozone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I gotta change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. Get in zone. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Get in zone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Hey, guys.
0: Back at the playground again, huh?
2: Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck Yeah. And some waves, so we can go surfing. I oh, yeah. ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah,
0: ski slopes. Let's
2: do it. Um, Tanner, girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait, did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new.
3: what is up welcome to another edition of the nfl fantasy football podcast it's me your man mg marcus grant socially distancing alongside the fantasy hall of famer michael fabiano and i don't what week are we in i don't even know how like we're we, week it's, eight, it's cinco seven? de
1: mayo man
3: it is cinco de mayo Happy yeah cinco dude de mayo.
1: this is this um, is uh this is it a holiday i mean like i feel like it's just yeah, an excuse really? for americans to get drunk like that's all cinco de mayo is You know, are are they celebrating America's Independence Day elsewhere? No, probably not. No.
3: Really? Well, that's the thing. It's not even Mexican Independence Day. It's like it's it's a celebration of some battle. Like, I don't even know the whole history of it. I just know it's not that.
1: I'm I'm going to have to Google it. But yeah,
3: I don't know, man. They also don't really celebrate it in Mexico. Like they celebrate it more here um, than they do in Mexico. The other weird part is, you know, normally. It's it's, it's the Battle
1: of Puebla. (laughs) Holiday celebrated in parts of Mexico and the United States in honor of the military victory in 1862 over the French forces of Napoleon III. All right.
3: Um, Yeah, I know it's like I don't really think they celebrate it that that big in Mexico. I think it's more Uh here. Um, Right. It's an excuse
1: for Americans to drink. That's exactly what it is. Well,
3: (laughs) well, the other part is like you know, like it's a day where you know Corona, the beer, I'm sure gets a whole lot of run. But I feel like this year, maybe not. Probably not too many people running out to get Corona. No,
1: exactly. Yeah, you you, yeah. you don't want to say, "Hey, I'm going to get some corona." <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it doesn't really issue. Doesn't really work this year.
3: Uh, a couple of notes for you all out there. Uh, now that we are a little bit past the draft, uh, we're, planning, we're still going to do two shows a week. They will be shorter shows. We're just going to try to keep them around 20 or 30 minutes. So uh, we won't go I- into an expansive news section. And then we'll just have like a little ca- a category or topic that we'll talk about. Uh, but we will still be here twice a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays. So that part won't change. Uh, we'll just give you back more time in your day. So you can do things like watch Korean baseball in the middle of the night um yeah so, did yeah, you see
1: that's that part. that's how it's going to
3: be here that's how i watched a few innings i, I watched a few innings uh mostly because it started like at 10 o'clock out here for opening day uh, 10 mm-hmm. o'clock at night but like i mean a lot of these games start at like 2 two thirty in the morning and uh, on the west coast so i don't yeah, i don't know how much happened. i'm gonna see yeah so um uh, so today we'll talk about some guys who are in their second year who could have big breakout seasons it, or may not we'll uh, we'll kind of kick around what what they're gonna do but first let's talk to our faithful producer senior edward l murphy esquire murph did you did you watch any korean baseball
1: I didn't get to watch it last night. I was watching a movie, and I saw people tweeting about it, and I was like, oh, my chance to actually watch real live baseball. And, um, I, and then I think it was in a rain delay, actually, when I was going to turn it on. Um, okay. <laughs> one thing has got rained out. But honestly, I uh, as much as I want to watch live baseball, I'd ask for another
3: 10-part series on Michael Jordan and just keep watching that every single weekend
1: instead of worrying about it. I would trade that for sports. It's just the best thing I've ever watched.
3: I just think they should do another – Ten or twenty or however many part series on all the dudes that Michael Jordan has beef with from like twenty years ago.
1: That's all the show is. It's just a, it's a way for him to be like Clyde Drexler, don't like you. Isaiah Thomas, don't like you. Jerry Krause, right. don't like you. It's all it is.
3: Right. It is. It's just, it's just him airing all. His yeah. Gr- it, it is his own festivus. Like it's just an airing of grievances. Is all this <laughs> is. <laughs> I didn't watch. Um, that. I didn't. But watch it's got fun. Episodes,
1: it's but, yeah. I got to check it out. You oh, know what yeah, I, I like about uh, that the most though. Big, is watching the old highlights of the players oh, yeah. that made. Ba- I mean, like you know, it was toward the end of Magic, but you know, the Bulls won their first championship against the Lakers, like crushed mm. the Lakers, uh, like the Magic Vladi Divas Lakers. Yep. And but it's so great to go back and and watch like the the players that we all like grew up with watching um against against Jordan because it, it just it's it's a nostalgia trip
3: yeah no absolutely uh between that and like you know the the soundtrack the whole, the whole thing is just, it's been fun to watch mm-hmm. so we got what two more sundays i think right uh, next week yeah. seven and eight and then uh, and then nine and ten yeah i had to watch 90 eight.
1: day fiance so i didn't get a chance to watch it yet
3: oh see we 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 prioritize here we uh we do we, no, do, we, the, we do we do
1: last the, dance first clearly you are in charge of the priorities in your household. <laughs> i am not marcus so 90 Day uh, Fiance, and there's other, there's like four other iterations of that damn show. Oh yeah, I know. They, they it's, they, they it's ridiculous. And by the they way, anybody who watches out there, that guy David, why don't we just hook him up with with a Yolanda? Like, yes. Why don't we? But yeah. like, just, I mean, they're both getting catfished. Like, why don't we just hook those those two up? Boom, done they and live, done. They both live in Las Vegas. They both live in Las Vegas. It's fine. It's go. easy. They're just they're both exactly right there, that's so. what I'm
3: saying. Uh, all right. Never thought we'd uh, go down the 90-day fiance path. It's, Here we it, are. It's,
1: it's it's coronavirus,
3: man. <laughs> this, is what we, this is
1: what we're left with, man.
3: Right. Uh, like I said, we're not going to do a big news section, but got a couple of big stories. So let's talk about those. through the news first one and it happened last week we didn't get a chance to talk about it because it happened after our last podcast but uh andy dalton has signed a one-year deal with the dallas cowboys uh up to seven million possible for the red rifle uh for him he doesn't have to change addresses that was a part of the story apparently because he lives in the dallas area so mm-hmm. not like he has to pack up and move he just you know gets a new work phone number um yeah i mean Look, Fabs. I've seen a lot of like big brain galaxy brain takes that somehow this means the Cowboys are putting more pressure on Dak Prescott or that maybe they even rescind uh, his well, offer. They, well, and they decide they Like, it. I'm not I'm not buying any of this. Right.
1: Like this is just this is just insurance for their starting quarterback. It's it's the Colin Cowherd syndrome. People just say <laughs> dumb crap because they want a reaction <laughs> like that's that's what it is. Dalton's the backup. Like And it's a one-year deal. That's all he is, is a backup. Right. Dak right. Prescott's the future of this and the president of this franchise. And at some point, they'll get a deal done. The Cowboys are building towards having a championship roster. Now, the defense is questionable, but the offense is looking pretty darn good. So, now, this is – listen, look what happened to the Steelers last year. When Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. went down, that team went to crap. It went to yep. hell. The Cowboys don't want that. And Cooper Rush clearly wasn't the backup that they wanted. They got Andy Dalton. God forbid anything happens to Dak. At least you've got a veteran quarterback under center who's going to be able to learn that system, play under an offensive-minded coach in Mike McCarthy, and there's going to be a drop-off, but hopefully it's not as significant as it would have been from Dak to Cooper Rush in a worst-case scenario.
3: Yeah. Although, you know, it seems to be at least this offseason, it's the trend, right, of of teams going and getting themselves a really quality backup. First, the Saints go get Jameis Winston. Now the Cowboys get Andy Dalton, Mm -hmm. Uh, Cam Newton, Joe Flacco still hanging out there. We'll see what happens with them. But at least two teams know like they have they legitimately have starting caliber backup quarterbacks in the event that their front line guy goes down.
1: And this also continues the trend of Cowboys having. Uh, a redheaded quarterback on the roster because Jason Garrett was the back for a long, long time. Then was the OC. Then was the head coach, former quarterback. And now Garrett's in New York and boom. Yeah. You got the red rifle. There he goes.
3: (laughs) Are there, are there that many redhead quarterbacks out there that they can keep this thing? No, but but the
1: Cowboys, I mean, like Jason Garrett's a former quarterback. So he fits, he fits that, uh, you know, the criteria and now you got Dalton. Right. Right. Garrett Bender for is, a long time. And the Cowboys have to... the Cowboys historically have done this too. Like go back in time. Steve Berline, Rodney mm-hmm. Pete. I mean, like, they they like to they've liked to have a, a solid backup quarterback when they've had a good starter. Like the Cowboys for years had crappy starters and it didn't matter. You know, <laughs> right. throwing out Ryan Leaf and Chad Hutchinson and Drew Henson and a bunch of these curtain jerkers out there to backup quarterback back didn't matter. They're all backup quarterbacks. But when the Cowboys have that established sort of, you know, big name quarterback, they like to have a a solid backup and, and, uh, and Dalton's going to fit that bill.
3: If they're going to keep the redheaded trend going, does this mean at some point they've got to make a deal for Carson Wentz later in his, uh, later later in his career, they (laughs) got to go get Carson Wentz (laughs) for Philadelphia just to keep it going, man. Uh, Speaking of quality backups uh, who are, are going to new places, Frank Gore has signed a deal with the Jets, a one-year deal to go to New York. Um, this sort of coincides with another story that I saw yesterday that uh, Adam Gase says they are looking to lessen the load for Le'Veon Bell. One, I mean, obviously Frank Gore is going to live forever. Let's just start with that. But uh, he looks like now he's going to be the guy who, you know, much like he did with Devin Singletary last year and frustrated a lot of fantasy managers, Frank Gore is going to come in and, frustrate a lot of folks who take a chance on levy bell he's probably not going to get enough touches or score enough fantasy points to make it worth having him on your roster but he's going to do enough to just wreck your your season if you have Lev. good chance
1: this is adam gase's last year with the jets because <laughs> i mean again like i'll tell you i don't care he has had no success in this league on teams not co- not quarterback by peyton manning sorry like i'm just i'm just saying i'm just saying so and offensive players and he's supposed to be an offensive mind offensive players End up leaving Gase and having success. Uh, the, the the list of those players is quite long, and oh, yeah. players who come to Gase from successful tenures elsewhere end up sucking. Frank Gore mm-hmm. last year had 166 carries. The backup for the Jets last year was Blah Paul. He led the team in carries behind Le'Veon Bell. He had 59. Le'Veon had 245 carries. Gore actually had more yards per attempt than Le'Veon Bell last season. So. Le'Veon, like, he, he's probably like a high-end flex starter in a 10-team league now, right? Like, we did our mock draft last week for YouTube. I had him as my third running back, and that's about all I'm comfortable taking him as. In, in a 12-team league, if he's my RB2, I'm like, ugh, especially now that Gore's in the mix.
3: Right. Yeah, I mean, I was sort of hoping, I was hoping maybe for a, a Lev Bell bounce back this year, but uh, this does not, this is not give me any confidence that that's going to happen. I mean, you yeah, know, and, and look, it's apparent in, we said this last year, you said this before we started recording just now that Adam Gaze just doesn't like Le'Veon Bell. It's apparent. I mean, he's, he basically has without saying it has pretty much said it. um, And and his actions have sort of backed that up. And so it's just, it's just hard at this point to count on levion bell as anything as you said more than, a, than a, a third running back which let's talk about a fall from fantasy grace man yeah, i mean yeah. it wasn't that
1: long ago that he was a number one overall pick and he's still he's still a good running back the system just is crap like yeah i mean you've got to get levion bell with a quarterback under center who's going to give him the football he's going to be able to use his vision and his footwork to find holes in the offensive line we all know levion bell's uh, you know, one of the most crafty runners that that's ever been in the league. And mm. with the, with the jets do, it just doesn't allow him to do that. I mean, his yards per carry average is dreadful last season. yeah. And tough, so, tough. And, and Frank Gore, as you always say, is going to live forever. So now we know where Gore is signing in 2021, he's going to finish his tour of the AFC East and sign with the Patriots. Right? <laughs> and, and, and Gase really liked Gore when they were together in Miami. Like this is just all bad for Le'Veon Bell. It's, it, I, and, and it's unfortunate because he's a really talented back yeah yeah so uh
3: well the uh yeah i I, was, I know that that mock drafts on nfl.com open uh i think in about a week so mm-hmm. um yeah the the draft rankings are sort of being tweaked and everything uh i think that these will have to be retweaked to, to probably drop left bell down just a little bit so. yeah there you go so those are your big stories
2: was the news
3: let's talk second year breakouts uh, i put together a list of guys fabs that are going into their second year i look i left out you know guys like you know marquise brown i left out some of the guys who have really good rookie years you know joe there's no josh jacobs on this list guys like that because look we we sort of know uh what where they are and, and what they potentially could be but these are guys who maybe flashed maybe even didn't um but going into their second year seeing what they possibly could do so uh, I got six guys on this list. We can kick it around. The first one, uh, Daniel Jones, who Eddie. right now, he is, he seems like everybody's kind of one of, not everybody's but one of the favorite sleeper quarterbacks for this mm-hmm. year. Um, look, obviously the upside is, is we saw him play, uh, you know, most of the season last year. Yeah, uh, you know, he, he definitely threw the ball well at times. Was seventh among quarterbacks in rushing yards, which was kind of some sneaky hidden fantasy points right there. The downside was the turnovers. But, I mean, Fabs, this is without a doubt his team. Eli Manning has retired. They still have some skill position players that are, are there that can be helpful. Um, do we see him take a big step forward this year?
1: I think so. I, I, I'm already on record. And I'm a Cowboys fan who hates the Giants, so you know that this is genuine. (laughs) I really like Daniel Jones. The Giants did well in the draft to help him as well. Uh, They took Andrew Thomas. They took Matt Peart out of UConn. uh, They take uh, Shane Lemieux out of Oregon to help bolster the offensive line. I feel like the talent already is there around him with Saquon and Golden and Sterling and and Darius Slayton, who's a big-time potential breakout candidate, and Evan Mm -hmm. Ingram. Uh, I've mentioned a million times, but he is one of only three quarterbacks – Uh, in the National Football League to have 28-plus fantasy points in four different games during his rookie season, the other two being Cam Newton and um, RG3. There's a lot to like. He is So the last two years, we've had the Patrick Mahomes breakout and then Lamar Jackson breakout, and Mm -hmm. we all saw that coming in the industry. There isn't that quarterback this year, but Daniel Jones is probably as close as you're going to get, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, I think – I think we really hoped that I mean, I don't say Kyler
3: Murray was going to be a breakout, but the discount is so long gone on drafting Kyler
1: Murray. Well, um, yeah, I mean, but Kyler Kyler averaged like 18 points a game last season, so he was true. pretty good. So That's I'm, true. I'm saying a guy who's going to end up, you know, Kyler was a starter in most leagues last year. Daniel Jones. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a thing. I, I did a, a a dynasty startup draft and I didn't get to draft him, but I did kind of swing a deal to add him to the roster. So mm-hmm. I, I got him, but I'm, and I'm, I'm going to try and, and draft him in as many places as I can this year. Cause I, uh, I'm excited about uh, what his potential could be. You mentioned Darius Slate I don't have him on the list, but I think he's another guy that people uh, yep. are expecting big things. from. he played really well. I mean, he was pressed yes. into service because a lot of guys got hurt and mm-hmm. I think he played really well. So I think, I think bigger things are coming for
1: him. Yep. Um, beautiful segment guys. <laughs> what's up? He's uh, <laughs> digging it, man.
3: Oh, I'm sure he is. Uh, in Kansas City, there's Miko Hardman, uh, who just. Is part of that that track team that they've put together at wide receiver uh there with the chiefs roster i mean look we know Tyreek Hill is going to get targets we know travis kelsey's going to get targets um but there is room fabs in that office for another guy to, to sort of break out i think we you know we, we don't expect it to be sammy watkins uh we don't expect it to be like a demarcus robinson Nicole hardman seems like he is the guy who's in line to start getting a lot of those extra targets from patrick mahomes
1: yeah so I feel like there's still a ceiling on him though. Like mm-hmm. he, I really love Hardman. Uh, and, and if he wasn't in an offense that had an absolute just ton of weapons, he would end up being a massive breakout candidate. And mm-hmm. I think that he will take the next step in 2020 without question. And if you look at the the percentages sort of last season when Tyree kill wasn't active because he had the suspension missed some mm-hmm. time, uh, Hardman played like a 76% snap share, um, uh, at times uh in certain games i believe that game against the chargers the one that was in mexico city i mean hardman played a big role there he's shown that he can be a massive playmaker in the nfl so with sammy watkins restructuring his contract now he's going to stick around we may have to wait another year for that big breakout from nicole hardman Mm -hmm. but he is certainly somebody that i will be targeting you know later in my drafts just in case
3: Yeah, you know it's funny. I I I know that I always feel like saying guys are better in best ball leagues is kind of a cop out, but he's going to be really good in best. Oh no doubt, no doubt, yeah, dude, yeah, he's going to be really good in best ball Mm -hmm. leagues. Uh, Paris Campbell, there in Indianapolis, he was before the draft a guy that I kind of had on my radar. As a potential you know later round sleeper option there um you know ty hilton obviously is the lead but they've got a good they've got a quarterback now and philip rivers who wants to push the ball downfield that works with campbell's speed then the colts went out and they drafted michael pittman and you know there has been talk that, that pittman is going to get a lot of work that he you know could you know, force his way into the starting lineup early so as i'm not as excited about the Paris Campbell second year breakout as I was maybe, you know, three, four weeks ago.
1: So I, I would see, uh, I would like to see where they're going to line these guys up. Uh, mm. Is Campbell going to end up being the primary slot receiver for the Colts? Uh, are they going to uh, utilize Pittman more on the outside? And Pittman played a, a bunch in the slot at USC. So yeah. if Campbell gets opportunity, more opportunities in the slot, that could potentially help his value. But you're right at this point. In terms of Colts pass catchers, I mean it's Hilton, it's Pittman, it's Doyle, not so much Trey Burton, but Campbell in a ten-team league is likely to be undrafted, and in a twelve-team team, team fourteen-team league, likely to end up being sort of a late-round, uh, you know, flyer pick at this point. But when you look at the Colts roster, I mean, yeah, w- what is he potentially going to be third or fourth best at targets? Uh, right. I mean, at best. So in a, in a best case scenario. So and plus he's coming off of an injury riddled season. We really haven't been able to see, you know, what he could do at the next level. So a lot of question marks about him. And as you mentioned, with Pittman in the mix, uh, Campbell goes down to that late round flyer status.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, I a month ago, I was a lot more optimistic about him than I am right now. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of goes to show how things change really quickly <laughs> in this league.
1: Very Yeah. just just asked Jameis Winston how quickly things right? can change. Top how five fantasy quarterback and now he's a backup. He's a backup. Uh-huh. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, who had a
3: great first game as a rookie uh, against the Cardinals last year, got us all excited and then pretty much vanished from view for uh, for most of the rest of the year, which look, a, a rookie tight in. That's not really a big surprise. But year two, I mean, we, we already have kind of pegged his his Iowa buddy Noah Fant as a guy who's going to step up and, and have a, a big share of targets in Denver uh, this coming season will the same thing happen for tj hawkinson in detroit especially with matt stafford back and healthy again i mean the last year the quarterback play was was rough there in detroit fabs uh stafford hopefully brings some stability as long as he can stay healthy does that mean potentially good things for tj hawkinson in year 2 no doubt
1: tight ends typically take time man like we mm-hmm. we've yes. learned that for 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 every evan Ingram, you know there's there's 100 guys who are like hawkinson who come out and show some occasional flashes, but overall don't really do much in their first seasons in the league. So Hawkinson, Noah Fant, um, Mike Isicki is another one. Those are like, Mm -hmm. I feel like the three big sleeper tight ends for, for 2020 Uh, and Hawkinson, a very highly talented coming out of Iowa last season and did have that big game against the Cardinals and really didn't do anything else down the stretch, but the talent is there. I mean, he's been, he's been compared to some of the greats and I really feel like, as a tight end 2, that's where you're going to end up targeting him somewhere in the late rounds. If your tight end 1 doesn't pan out, if you draft Jared Cook, for example, and things don't go well, uh in New Orleans as they did last season, you know Hawkins is someone who could potentially end up being an even more valuable asset for fantasy owners uh in 2020, much like a much like a Noah Fan.
3: Yeah, you know it's funny cuz I remember in his draft profile and all the draft hype leading up to it, that people you were throwing out Gronk's name yeah I know yeah that's a that's a that's a tall bar that's a high bar to reach that's a lot yeah um so I I don't know that I would I would yet you know saddle him with that because that's a lot to ask out of somebody but I I do look forward to seeing him you know take a step forward this year
1: who do you like Um, more do you like Fant more or Hawkinson I think I like Fant more because I feel like Fant is sort of He's he's
3: built and I think sort of plays more in the mold of of where the tight end position is going. I think he's more sort of that Evan Ingram, uh, you know, Jordan Reed when Jordan Reed is healthy, you know, kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. that he's he's more of a I guess a a hybrid pass catching wide receiver tight end type. Hawkinson I think is a good blocker as well. Uh, those guys are becoming really really rare in this league. Mm-hmm. So I you know I I think I think I like Fant slightly more.
1: And also let's let's keep in mind too that the tight end position is getting younger, sort of in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Because you've got Goddard, you've got Fant, you've got Kosicki and Hawkinson, you've got John Smith in, in Tennessee, Hayden Hurst yep. in Atlanta, uh Ian Thomas can end up playing a bigger role for the Panthers. So like yep. there there's there's some guys up there that could potentially jump up and Blake Jarwin is uh, of course, uh maybe loses a little bit of his luster because the Cowboys got Seedy, but Jarwin showed some flashes last season too, and the Cowboys uh, gave him a nice contract. So, and Jason Witten's no longer in the Boy, it's going to be weird, isn't it, to watch Jason <laughs> Witten play for the Las Vegas Raiders? I mean,
3: Jason Witten with the Raiders, Greg Olson with the Seahawks. Gonna be um, weird. Gonna be yeah, weird. Yeah. Gonna be very weird. Yep.
1: Uh, Rob Gronkowski with the Buccaneers. With like, the yeah, Buccaneers? Be weird. Yeah. yeah.
3: Strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this next name I, I put on the list mostly out of my own morbid curiosity. So last year <laughs> uh, I put JJ Arcego Whiteside as a deep sleeper, like a deep sleeper, right? Like, I mean, he's a dart throw that maybe if he hits, you're going to feel like a genius. Uh, that didn't happen. Um, and so I, I was willing uh, a month ago, you know, February, early March, was willing to sort of double down on JJ as, as maybe having that deep sleeper potential. And then the Eagles went out and they drafted Jalen Rieger. Uh, now there's and, talk to other wide receivers, a couple other wide receivers. Uh, there's talk that they're going to not only keep Alshon Jeffrey, but they really want him to be a big part of the offense. Deshaun Jackson is going to be healthy. Presumably we'll see how long, uh, and how productive he can be. Um, so my, I think my, my JJ Ortega white side dream has probably gone up in smoke at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of miles to feed there. And then you've got, you know, both of the tight ends there. So th- there was a report that came out. He did an interview with a Spanish football podcast, and he basically said that he was hurt all last season. Mm-hmm. And a- a- in fact, he needed help going to the bathroom because he couldn't walk. Wow! Wow! So he-, he was banged up, didn't meet expectations, but the Eagles didn't do him any favors, Marcus. They really didn't. Right. I don't see him being draftable uh, in-, in most redrafts in 2020 just because of what the Eagles did. And, you know, people forget as much as, you know, Jalen Rager is potentially a, a, a long-term star in this league. Like, they still have Alshon Jeffrey under contract. They still have Deshaun Jackson under contract. They're still going to run a lot of 12 with mm-hmm. with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Greg Ward looked decent last season when he got thrust into a more prominent role. The Eagles the Eagles have a lot of wide receivers, man, yeah. and a lot of receivers. So, to think that our White Whiteside is going to emerge – as I mean, let's be honest, Ertz, Goddard, Jefferson, or I'm uh I'm sorry, uh Jeffries, Jackson, and then maybe Rager. That's yep. five guys ahead of you ahead of from him a target share right perspective before you even get to our Sega White Side, and who knows if he's even the next well, guy in line.
3: So well, and then you know, let's, let's throw in the fact that you know, Miles Sanders is gonna catch passes, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, so Yeah. So I think, I think that dream might, might be done. Um, I, look, I knew it was sort of a long shot to begin with. um, And, and that, that shot got, got even longer. So I think, yeah. I think part of it is me just sort of being bitter watching him uh, catch jump balls over USC uh, defensive <laughs> backs for for a number of years when he was at Stanford. Uh, it's not going to happen, I don't think, in the NFL. Um, last name I have on this list: Deontay Johnson. Um, you know, we we talked about yeah, the, the Steelers' quarterback situation last year was a mess. Once Ben Roethlisberger went down, uh, you know, we we thought maybe James Washington, and he had a yeah you know, one or two decent games. Deontay Johnson was played well in stretches. Uh, And the other part of this, Fabs, is there is a story floating around that the Steelers may not re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster at the end of his rookie deal. That, you know, look, this is obviously his rumor and innuendo season. So that's one of the ones floating around there that, you know, obviously last year was not a great year for Juju by any stretch of the imagination. That uh, the Steelers may try to move on from him. uh, And especially if, if he has a really good year and bounce back year, then suddenly the price tag goes up. So maybe this opens the door for Deontay Johnson to step in and, and really make some plays and, and be a playmaker in that offense this year.
1: I, I do feel like the Steelers moves um, in the offseason and in the draft, you know, didn't do him any favors though, that they drafted Chase Claypool and they added Eric Ebron. So another team with a lot of weapons, Juju Smith, Schuster, as you mentioned, James Washington also. And, you know, they've got some backs who can potentially catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, like McFarlane, who they drafted out of Maryland, who's more of a change of pace kind of back. I like Johnson's talent, I like his skill set. And he mm-hmm. showed some flashes last season. And there were times he was the best Steelers wide receiver and he was catching passes from a dude named Duck. So <laughs> if you get Ben Roethlisberger back under center, that's going to do nothing but improve his outlook. With that being said, I'd still probably not target him until the later rounds in most redrafts.
3: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, I think I don't. I don't expect him coming off the board early or even in the mid rounds. I think he's sort of the end of the draft. Uh, let's see if we can make something happen, sort
1: of guy. Um, and, yeah, and you have to bake in with any with any Steelers receiver, you have to bake in the threat that Ben Roethlisberger does not play sixteen games because we saw what happened to that offense last season when Roethlisberger was out. And if Roethlisberger suffers any kind of injury, even if he misses a few games, that is going to hurt the overall value of that receiving core, including Deontay Johnson.
3: Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, which is sort of why I think a lot of people, uh, myself included, were were thinking, hoping, maybe praying that uh, the Steelers would make a run at Jameis Winston, uh, you know, just in the event that something happened to Ben Roethlisberger. Would have uh, loved probably. it. Would have been obviously that is not the case. So right now it's it's still some combination of Mason Rudolph and, and Devlin Hodges, uh a quarterback there in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, Um I don't know. Those are the guys I had on my list. Was there anybody that uh, that, that you really are expecting uh, a second year guy to have a big breakout that, you know, that we're not already sort of you
1: know, predicting at this point? <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, you covered most of them. Uh, You covered most of the guys that like Fant is is somebody that um, wasn't on the list, but Fant is a guy who a lot of people out there are really expecting big things from now, you know, the Broncos did add a whole bunch of playmakers in that that draft. I mean, Mm -hmm. Alberto and, and Judy and Hamler. So maybe that, that causes him to lose a little bit of his luster. Um, But this is uh this is still a player that I feel like is is a borderline uh, number one tight end from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Debo Samuel, um, who I, I can't even tell you how much I love this guy, and I'm going to be right. talking about him a lot, and I've already talked about him a lot. He's he's probably he's probably if he's not my favorite breakout candidate among wide receivers who are going into their second season, he's he's I mean he's he's right up there. I'm a yeah. big fan of Debo. Terry McLaurin as well, considering that Dwayne Haskins and, and and McLaurin do have a long rapport going back to their time together at Ohio State, and hopefully Haskins can take the next step. I'm not a big fan of him personally, but hopefully he can take the next step and become and become, uh, and become a, a solid NFL starter who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And you know Josh Jacobs is an easy one, like Josh.
3: Jacobs. Yeah, Jacobs is an easy
1: one. I, that, that, I just want them to throw the ball one. more.
3: I want exactly. them to throw the ball to Jacobs more. Although you know they have like they have Bowden from from Kentucky who can sort of double as a pass catcher uh-huh. too, which makes me think they're just setting up to frustrate us again by not
1: throwing the ball. One thing, one thing that you need to keep in mind though, and and, and I get it. I, I, on the surface, you're thinking, oh man, that would be just awesome if they can throw the ball uh, to the to the backs a little bit more. It's it's going to be interesting to see what Las Vegas does because mm-hmm. everything that they did in the draft, right, points towards extending the the field and throwing yeah. it vertically, getting the ball deep with rugs. And you've got Ty, uh, Tyrell Williams who can do that as well. Um, you've got some playmakers there. But Derek Carr threw the ball to his backs almost 22 percent of the time last season, which is right. – and his leading receiver was a tight end and Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see what Las Vegas does, because what they did personnel wise is is certainly more in line with throwing the ball deep, getting vertical more often than what Derek Carr has been successful at in his career, which is throwing the short and intermediate routes and targeting his tight ends and running backs. That's going to be a big storyline from a fantasy perspective. What can Derek Carr one- do and how do the Raiders run that offense differently than they have in the past with what they've added this offseason?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to give a guy tools. It's, a, it's another thing for him to actually use them. So exactly. we're, Great We'll see if that's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go, uh, on Monday, the NFL lost a true legend. Don mm-hmm. Shula passed away at the age of ninety um i mean this is a guy like you always hear people talk about you know certain people players coaches what have you can you tell the story of the nfl without this guy and you truly cannot tell the story of the national football league without don shula from his days as a player uh to his early days as a coach coaching in baltimore uh obviously the the run the long run he had in miami the undefeated team the super bowl uh you know the super bowl titles um even that his 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 life and career as a businessman in shula steakhouse mm-hmm. um you know i i just don't i you know, even if you weren't a dolphins fan you were aware of and probably and on some level kind of in awe and respect of Don Shula. I mean this this he literally was for years uh you know one of the true faces of the National Football League. There's no way no,
1: around that no doubt. I mean I lived in South Florida for almost six years. I mean there's mm-hmm. highways down there that are named after him. So mm-hmm. I've been to Shula State like Heck, I mean, one of one of the games that that really made me love the NFL was San Diego Chargers, Miami Dolphins. (laughs) And you always remember the iconic picture of Kellen Winslow Mm -hmm. being helped off the field by his teammates. One of the greatest games in NFL history. I remember that game. Don Shula, I, I believe I believe he only had two losing seasons in his entire career. Uh, you may Dude. want to check the stats. I, I'm pretty sure he only had two losing seasons. Mm-hmm. This guy was a winner. It was fun to watch him. If you watched in the uh, the Nick Bonacani documentary that they had, I believe it might have been on HBO. I mean, it was sort of a sad documentary overall because of Bonacani's health. and But mm-hmm. still very interesting. And they interviewed Shula on that. And it brought back a lot of memories. And Shula, if you think about it, he really helped change the game too because – the league was very run-based. It was very run heavy. Maybe mm-hmm. not that exciting. Then all of a sudden Dan Marino enters the league. And you know, Shul is thinking, hey, this is this is this is a player who is showing us what the NFL can be. It could be very exciting, more of an arsenal uh in terms of the passing game, more of a more of a just a more exciting NFL instead of mm-hmm. running the ball constantly, throwing the ball deep, the Marks brothers, Mark Clayton and Mark Duber shula really helped mold what the nfl became and has become and i mean you could argue he's the greatest coach of all time i mean i, mean, I, I get it like bill belichick has won a lot of super bowls and, and shula you know didn't win a ton of super bowls but no one won more won more games than him and also longevity you have to you have to factor that in as well yeah if you're yeah. a coach in any sport and you don't get the job done you're out shula coached for a long long time
3: 33 years as a head coach, Mm -hmm. and you were correct, just two losing seasons uh 76 with the dolphins was six and eight back when there's still a 14 game schedule mm-hmm. uh and then 88 with the dolphins uh at six and ten but that was it that was those were his only two losing seasons yeah uh in in 33 years and it's funny you talk about the the way he sort of changed the game so you're saying you're saying he's one of the original running backs don't matter guys
1: <laughs> well i mean dude he had larry zonka so i don't think he I'm had going had far. but i mean Very true but he i mean much like dan marino changed like fantasy football because back in the day, like, you know, quarterbacks were not as valued in fantasy and then Marino mm-hmm. comes along and he's slinging it, you know, 30, 40, 50 times. And he's throwing for 4,000 yards and he's throwing for 48 touchdowns and like that changed. So yeah, that also changed a little bit uh, in, in terms of what we do uh, from a fantasy perspective, you know, now it's a passing yeah. league and it started yeah. to become a passing league in part because of Don Shula.
3: Yeah. Fun fact the first ever fantasy league I played in, uh, as a mm-hmm. freshman in college in 1994. Uh, it was me and a, and a buddy, we kind of shared a team. And uh, our first, our first ever draft pick, uh, was Dan Marino, which shows you how little we knew I about know, fantasy right? football or
1: anything. Well, you know, back in the day, like, I mean, if you remember, like, Favre was the first round pick, Dante Culpepper mm-hmm. was the first round pick, like, quarterbacks were first round picks, you know. Wait, yeah. wait, hell, I remember when Cordell Stewart people were talking about him being a first round pick, you remember? So yeah. Yeah, things things have certainly changed um, in the league, but Shula uh, will certainly be missed. And and he's one of the icons uh, of, of the NFL absolutely absolutely so uh thoughts
3: and prayers go out to his family to, to his friends the, the whole the dolphins organization the nfl as a whole uh don shula will truly truly be missed so uh there you go that is it we are done we appreciate you listening and downloading and watching as well you know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends rate review and remember we never really grow up we only learn how to act in public take care of yourselves and we'll see you on thursday
2: Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fairs. Discover more at viking.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. And some waves, so we could go surfing. I oh, ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah,
0: ski slopes. Let's
2: do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait,
0: did we just invent California?
2: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new.